everyone, and welcome to the Gifted Life Podcast, where we have conversations about organ, tissue, and eye donation. I'm Lori Steele, and joining me is Joey Boudreaux. Hey, Joe. Hey, Lori. How's it going? It is fantastic. Episode eight. We're excited. People are giving us five stars. Yep. Basically, friends and family that we've begged and probably paid. Yep. No? <laughs> still, still recovering from that 4th of July weekend. There you go. And we're hoping uh, that we can pull it together for episode <laughs> eight and um, help you learn a little bit about um, donation. And we're hoping um, that we prompt you to take some action and help us in some way, shape, or form save more lives. So lots to get to on this episode, um, but we are hoping that you are spreading the word about the gifted life. Certainly, Lori. We definitely want you to spread the word. Find us on iTunes, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Beyond Pod, and Miro. You got that down, bud. <laughs> And not only find us, we want you to rate us and, and tell everyone else about us. Yes, please do. And also, we have a Facebook page, Donate Life Louisiana. Check us out. Like us. We're up to about 6,000 um, likes, and we're hoping to surpass that this year. So help us to do that. We're also on Twitter and Instagram, at Donate Life LA. So check it out. Spread the word. And we're hoping that you become part of our family, part of our volunteer team. It's very easy. You just have to care a little bit about organ donation and get involved. There's lots of opportunities um, for you to do that. And we try to make it as easy as possible. Coming up on this episode, there's lots. In the news segment, one of the best places to work is in Louisiana. That's right. And close to our hearts. That's right, Yes. Lauren. And in our recovery segment, we're going to talk about a little bit about the safeguards that are put in place for the recipients. Always good to know. We'll bust some myths today. Can I be an organ donor if? We'll target that. In the community segment, I have a question for you, Laurie. Okay. Are you good at trivia? I am not, but good question. <laughs> <laughs> I answered honestly, guys. Also in our technology segment... We have folks behind the scenes. How are they helping us save lives? A vast of talent, we'll tell you. And, of course, last but not least, we'll be honoring our hero, as we do in every podcast. One of our favorite parts. Plus, we'll answer your questions. And there's so much more still to come here on the Gifted Life Podcast. We have reached the news segment, and we are excited today, right? That's right, Laura. We have some news to share coming from the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency, or LOPA, because we're award winners. That's right. Flexing our <laughs> muscles. I love it. Okay, so we just received the best places to work for millennials, which is awesome. So Joey and I, number one, had to look up millennials <laughs> and, and, and all this stuff. We know that LOPA is a great place to I, work. That's I know why it's we're someone here. who's younger than me. <laughs> That's a lot of us. <laughs> Just joking. All right. So we had to call in the big guns to talk about what this award means for those who work for LOPA, those who one day hope to work for LOPA, but just to save lives and make life happen. So we've called in our chief administrative officer for LOPA, Miss Chrissy Hagan. Hey, Chrissy. Hey, Lori. What's going on, Chrissy? We, uh, we're all smiles. We are good. We are right. good. Yes, we, we love it. We are award winners, best places to work for millennials. And Joey and I were, were doing research for the podcast. Excel at recruiting, development, retaining top performers, and creating a fulfilling work experience. So to be nominated, that's amazing. To win, Chrissy, that's just over the top. It is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And 
This award is actually the first of its kind, and it's conducted by the Center for Generational Kinetics. I believe there were 3,000 companies that were nominated and 75 won, and we were one of those 75 across the nation. Um, And as I'm sure you know, millennials are those employees born between 1980 and 2000. So they they are the ones, as Joey mentioned, just just younger than us. Just younger than us. In a previous podcast, Chrissy, he was talking about the um, number beepers that he used oh, yeah. to have my alpha pager is so go. fancy uh, I literally don't know what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm and, then, and then going uphill in the snow that's right I, that's what we do I, I literally still don't know what you're talking about we love her okay I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend like I don't know what you're talking about I've never heard of a pager before in my life <laughs> Um, so this is the largest workforce in America, and we are, I, I think when we ran the numbers, we're 33% millennials, which is, it's a pretty decent number for an organization of our size. And these guys really value what we have to offer. Uh, you guys know that we we really focus on an environment that's family friendly. Yes. We value our people and um we may have celebrated two baby showers in the past 30 days <laughs> at right. work. True. Um, we want an environment, and I say we because I'm just going to identify with this with this group of people because I'm only a year off. I'm going to say <laughs> that. I'm only a year off. <laughs> Me but, too. But Me we want we right. uh, a place that really is going to embrace our family and our, our lives and allow us to be a part of our children's lives and allow us to be a part of our, our parents' lives. So I, I think that this was a, a much, much deserved award. It, it was a surprise. We um, didn't seek it out. It, it kind of came through. To us, okay, from, that's the best part, right? Right, when they just <laughs> fall in your lap. Oh, here's an award. Uh-huh. But we've been participating in the Modern Healthcare Best Places to Work Award process since 2012. Um, and this will be our fourth year, and that survey process will open up uh, within the next few days. And our employees will be taking that survey, but we've been very successful with that award. And we, we hope to be again for 2015. 2014, yeah, it's going to be there. So in 2014, we were number eight overall in the entire nation. That's amazing. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. How many how many organ recovery agencies have been in this? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> we are the first, and wow. and, and remain breaking and, new ground. Yeah, and we remain the only one to be in this list. And I, I'm not sure who actually applies for the award, but um, I have I've spoke to multiple organ recovery agencies about this award, and they're all very interesting. So, but you can't take the first away. I'm going to say that. No matter if they get in there, Indeed. you can't take our first That's away. Right. Now, weren't you just at the governor's mansion recently? Or? Yes. Okay. Um, we have received the 2014 Louisiana Commitment to Performance Award presented by the Louisiana Quality Foundation. That is the level two award for our state. Uh, the level three qualifies us to apply for the Malcolm Baldridge National Quality Award. Right. So we, in 2013, we won the Level 1 Award, which mm-hmm. is the Louisiana Performance Challenge Award. So we are, we are very excited in our Baldridge journey, and we, w- we want to be the first there, too. I Dare think. I say it on recording. We want oh, yeah. to be the first of our Hey, I, I'm behind <laughs> you 100%. This is amazing. It is. If we keep on going like this, we're going to need a bigger trophy case for our <laughs> new building. We are. We are. We should just build a building for <laughs> But uh, in speaking from personal experience, I came from the news background, deadlines, um, if you you had to leave work because of a sick child. It was just bad for business. So coming here, it's just a different work environment. But then 
when I can work, I put in 110% because I am so grateful and thankful when I had my babies. You guys were so awesome and take your time, recover, love on that baby. And we want to see that baby as soon as possible. Baby showers, like you said, you had a couple in there (laughs) as well. Um, But it, it just makes for wanting to wake up and go to work every day, right. not regretting it like some of my friends in, in different businesses. So they're always asking, is there is there an opening there, <laughs> there at Lopa? I get that so, all the time. Yeah, we want that those, those great people who are going to put in that 110%. And the awards are great, uh, but the quality of life that you guys provide is just awesome. And we know that's hard work on, on your part to try to keep the balance of everything going. So we appreciate you. Well, thank you. You know, in the line of work that we do, we see people, you know, sometimes on the on the worst day of their lives, and, mm-hmm. and we don't want our staff to have any regrets. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think that that's what we really strive for is to know that life is really short, and we want our employees to really live it, and that doesn't mean work 100% of the time. And mm-hmm. um, you guys all know that this this organization and our purpose, it's in your blood and it's in your veins and you are living it 100% of the time. But you need to also remember that there's, there are children, there are parents, there are spouses that Mm -hmm. really need us too. And and we will not settle for employees that don't really live, live that philosophy. Well, look, and my whole family's into it. We're just so grateful. So if there's a, a picnic or an event going on, we all go. And my little daughter, who's eight, she knows blue and green are our colors. And so when we're shopping, that's what she gets, her, her bathing suits, blue and green. So it's it's a lifestyle. And I was just looking at one of the stipulations for this award, creating a fulfilling work experience. Uh, that is amazing, and that is exactly what you do. So we won this award well-deserved. It certainly is. There you go. So we appreciate the hard work, Chrissy. We got more awards coming down the pike, I'm sure. That's right. <laughs> we appreciate it, and we like that some, you know, we don't even put our hand in the pot for, we, we just get. So um, that's just a testament for the people who work here at LOPA, all these talents coming together to make life happen. And uh, we are, are grateful to be recognized, um, but it's amazing the work that we can do when we're all working together. Yeah, and, and I know I speak on behalf of the entire leadership team when I say that our staff just makes it easy. Really easy. I mean, they are they are a wonderful staff. Um, we don't even we don't even really have to recruit anymore. People are literally beating down our doors to to get a yes. spot here, and um, that is just a, a testament to the hundred sixty some odd people that we have here. Every last one of them, they're wonderful. They make my job easier. I I, I cringe even calling this a job because mm-hmm. it's so not. And you know what's cool is that all these different people from all these different walks of life working on one mission, and that's to make life happen. That's right. In our recovery segment today, Joey, we are talking about safeguards in place for our recipients. Well, Laurie, we would not want to have any disease transmission. When someone is given life to someone else through organ donation uh, and given that second chance of life, That recipient is generally always immunosuppressed. So their chances of getting an infection, it rises automatically just because of the immunosuppressants that they're on. So they don't don't reject the transplant. So we have to go through quite a bit of safeguards in the donation process just to make sure, be certain that this organ that is being transplanted to save that person's life Mm -hmm doesn't have any disease and doesn't have anything that will hurt the recipient more than 
help the recipient. So just basically make sure it's the best gift possible. And we always talk about um, make sure you talk to your family, let them know that it's your decision to help save lives if possible. And those are the people that really we need information from if you choose to become a donor. Right. At the onset of a case, of an organ recovery case, the next of kin or the family or whoever the, the most suitable person is, We'll uh, answer a series of questions. We call it kind of, it's a medical behavioral questionnaire. It's very similar, Lori, to, uh, I don't know if you've donated blood, Mm -hmm. but it's almost the same questionnaire, Mm -hmm. very similar, because they're looking for the same types of infections that can be transmitted. And when we're in health classes, they want to know what what type of information would you need to know. And so one of my examples um, a lot is, has this person been out of the country? Have they right. traveled? Right. Have they traveled? You know, what? when did they travel? Because some diseases are more prevalent in certain areas. They, they become in- endemic in certain areas, especially at certain periods of time. So that's very important for us to, to ask. I know, you know, we, we get that. Like, why, that doesn't make sense. Why mm-hmm. does it matter if I was in England mm-hmm. in 1980? Or other things that we'll ask, you know, about specifically about the medical history. Does he or she have diabetes or high blood pressure? Because we have to make certain that the organ is suitable for transplantation. Mm -hmm. But one of the other things besides, obviously, the medical history that we ask is is about the social history and behavioral history. uh, Because we want to safeguard against other things, not just like diabetes or high blood pressure. We also want to safeguard against transmission of HIV or hepatitis B or hepatitis C or other viruses and bacteria that once they would set into the organ and then be passed on and transplanted Mm -hmm. can potentially be fatal to the recipient. So we want to try to safeguard against all of these things. So we start with the medical social history. Right. And then we don't stop there because obviously sometimes family might not know every single thing right. about their loved one. You exactly. know, uh, we know most about our loved ones, but you, you can't know everything. So we then also draw blood mm-hmm. and we send the blood off to a, we have a special lab. Actually, we have a couple of them just in case, uh, you know, one of them's busy or something's going on as a backup. And we do what we call serology testing. Mm-hmm. And what we're looking for are those that are the most commonly transmissible diseases, like I mentioned, HIV, hepatitis B and C, even things like syphilis, you know, and other disease processes. So this is part of that timeline for donation. This is exactly part of that timeline and part of the reason that, you know, I've said in earlier podcasts that, you know, there's that misconception that the organ donation and recovery takes place immediately this is part of the reason that it doesn't. You know, we have to be absolutely certain. And to take that even one step further, so we draw these serologies and we can tell whether that person has been infected or contracted that disease to around a few month period. Mm-hmm. Now, there's still that window of uncertainty, you know, that they, they may have the disease but it's just not showing in these tests just yet. So we then, we also do an additional test, what we call a NAT test or nucleic acid test, that is a lot more specific mm-hmm. and timely to be able to catch these diseases almost actually within about a week to two week period. Mm-hmm. 
So it, would, it is very, very difficult for a disease to slip through now, even in blood donation. You know, back in the 80s, there was a lot of hepatitis that, that was transmitted through blood donation because they didn't have the safeguards. You know, and now with the serology testing and also with the additional NAT testing, it's become an infinitesimal amount, basically a 0 0.00 percentage, mm -hmm. you know, 0 0.002 or, you know, percentage that uh, chances of transmission versus back in the past. So there's a lot of safeguards put in place, of course. And thank goodness for it. Absolutely. There's always inherent risk of contracting something. You know, you can't have any surgery without at least a small risk. Mm -hmm. But we do everything in our power to make sure that risk is as minimal as humanly possible. Take all those steps. Yeah, and we appreciate that. And I'm always amazed to hear and learn more about the donation process behind the scenes because we hear from the recipients, the donor families, those waiting. And then you see a TV show like Grey's Anatomy that mm. gets brought up a lot in, in classes about how fast everything goes. Mm. Uh, but we're learning here that um, so much time and attention is to make sure that that gift is the best gift possible right. for that person to receive. And so we appreciate that. We appreciate those safeguards that are in place. And it's all about learning and, and spreading the word. It is time to squash some myths. Mr. Boudreaux, you ready to go? Let's do this. All right. I can't donate blood, so I can't be an organ donor is the myth that's out there. So we have a volunteer who had diabetes forever. Then he received kidney pancreas, no longer has diabetes, and is one of our biggest advocates. But he said his way of thinking before he learned about donation was that I can't give blood because right. I'm a diabetic. I can't do this because I'm a diabetic. So I can't be an organ donor. But he said he just wasn't armed with the facts until now. So now he knows that he can be an organ donor. And we just want other people to know that they can too. And that's that's an absolute certainty. You see, some disease processes like, like the diabetes that he had preclude you from becoming a, a blood donor for various reasons, for different reasons. But one of the reasons is that there are so many blood donors out there. So many people can become blood donors, and it's a lot more readily available. The other thing is that we do a lot of testing on the front end. Mm -hmm. Like I mentioned earlier, for the safeguards, we have a lot of safeguards in place just to make sure that there's no diseases that are going to be transmitted. So we do all these tests on the front end. We'll, of course, send the blood, what we call STAT, you know, now, mm -hmm. and it's done now. So we have all the results of the tests before we even start the surgical uh, procedure or the recovery itself. So we take care of all these things from the front end. We do ask that same questionnaire that, that they ask or, or a similar, but we put in the other safeguards in place well ahead of time so that we can still give that person the opportunity to donate and save lives through organ donation. And I guess the lesson learned here is that don't rule yourself out. That is. You know, at the time of your death, we have these safeguards that are in place. So if you can help save or enhance lives, we're going to help you do that in the best and safest way possible. So learn the facts, be armed with the facts. Lopa.org is really a one-stop shop. So check that out. Also, if you have more um, questions about what we just discussed, or maybe you want us to hit on another topic, info at Lopa.org, info at Lopa.org. We want to hear from you, and we want you to join our team in saving lives. In our community segment, I have a question for you. 
What's that, Laurie? How does trivia help Lopa? Do you like how I did that? I love it. How does it help Lopa? <laughs> because we have a Sinla trivia challenge coming up that we're hoping you're going to be interested in and want to help out with. But to give us, uh, you know, behind the scenes information, we invited the one, the only, Miss Larrabee Thompson to join us. And she is one of our Lopa favorites. Hey, Larrabee. Hi. Thanks for having me. Hey, Larrabee. Well, we appreciate you. You're a go getter, you're a mama. And you're doing this trivia challenge, which is awesome. But before we get into all the fun stuff, I do want to talk about um, this little beam of light in your life that makes you so passionate for not only life, but for Lopa as well, if you don't mind, telling us a little bit about Garrett. Yes. Garrett was our six-year-old son who passed away in 2007, and he was able to become a hero through organ donation. He was able to save the lives of four children, and his gift to those children and their families is what continues to give us comfort in our grief as we continue to grieve and miss him, and it gave me a mission to be able to talk about him all the time and to make sure that people understand how important donation and transplantation is and how important it is that we talk about it before we're faced with tragedy and having to make difficult decisions at a very difficult time. And Larrabee, uh, speaking for the staff, the LOPA staff, you are one of those that inspire us mm. on a daily basis. Yes. When we have difficult Aww. days, you know, when, when we get really busy, we look upon people like you, you know, like we've spoken before about Libby and Pam and others, you know, who just keep us grounded, keep us focused, and it inspires on a daily basis. We just love you, Miss Larrabee, and we appreciate you joining uh-huh. us. And we do want to talk about what you're doing to keep Garrett's memory alive and to help save other lives. And you have come up with a cool way to do it. And you are a self-proclaimed nerd. Is that what you call yes. it? Yes. <laughs> yes. I have, I have a head full of useless knowledge. <laughs> and so I'm putting, I'm putting that to good use to help Lopa. Good. Okay, so this trivia challenge, uh, we've heard about this because you're getting into your fifth year, which is pretty cool. So the Sinla Trivia Challenge started how, ma'am? We actually, uh, my husband and I and six other of our friends actually started as players in a similar trivia-based fundraiser for another organization back in 2008, actually, and that organization was unfortunately unable to continue, and so we kind of adopted their format and used it for our own special cause to help raise awareness and funds for LOPA. We have a lot of fun putting it together, and so it makes it really easy to put a fun event together to help this cause that's so dear to us. Okay, so it's coming up in August, um, but kind of right. give us the the layout because uh, Mr. Joey Boudreaux's over here thinking he could <laughs> sweep up the pot. That's here right for for winners. I'm a nerd bragging myself, rights, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> bragging rights, if nothing else. But kind of give us so you have a theme. You're looking for teams, right? And we call it the Sin Law Trivia Challenge, but we've had players come from as far away as Monroe and Baton Rouge. We have local staffers who have come from Shreveport and Lafayette. So this is a statewide event. I don't think that there's anywhere too far to drive to central Louisiana to be able to help us out and to have a lot of fun. So basically, it's people form teams of six to eight players, uh, ages 12 and up, and each player pays an entry fee of $20. Mm-hmm. And so for that $20, they get a meal 
and they answered 10 rounds of trivia of various categories. Some academic categories like science and Sorry, English Joey. and grammar Sorry. and those kind of things. We've already canceled also, Joey out. <laughs> <laughs> Just well, kidding. there are also pop culture <laughs> categories as well. Um, and so we're happy to announce that this year's theme is Donors Rock. Oh, and so it's a music kind of theme. And so there will definitely be a category about music. And we'll go from there. Uh, now, this is happening at First United Methodist Church in Pineville. But, Joey, one of my favorite things, because this is going to be the fifth year, and sometimes Larrabee needs help picking a winner for those who choose a cool team name or um, if they decorate a certain way. And so over the years, we've had some doozies when it comes to the names that kind of keep us mm-hmm. chuckling. Huh, Larrabee? That's right. That's one of the ways uh, teams can earn a little prize. Uh, last year, we had a Louisiana theme. And we had teams like the Who Dat Donation and Push On to Life and the New Organs Ladies. Love it. So people are really creative in their team names. And then, of course, we encourage the teams to decorate their table according to whatever the theme is for the year. Um, and, of course, this year it's music. So uh, we open the doors a little bit early for folks to come in and decorate their table and get everything ready before the meal is served and get ready to play. Awesome. So this is August 22nd. Now, if you're thinking, hey, this is something I want to take part in, we can actually get you in touch with Larrabee, like Joey, if he's looking for friends, because you need, you know, six to eight per team, Joey. Sorry. Be looking. But, but info at lopa.org, info at lopa.org. Tell us what you're looking for. It would be the trivia challenge, and we'll get you in touch with Larrabee so that um, – you guys can get together and make this happen. So this is the fifth year, and the proceeds always benefit LOPA, right, Larrabee? That's right. All right, so go out and help educate and make life happen. So we appreciate that. This is just a a fun way to help educate, and we appreciate you, um, a donor mom, a go-getter, being behind it. Thank you. And if you want to learn more about Garrett, I know that we talked about him a little bit, and we'll talk about him more in this podcast. But if you go to lopa.org, Faces of Donation, you can read about her little nugget as well. So thank you, Larrabee, uh, for sharing your story. Thank you for what you do, and thank you for being an inspiration. Thank you so much. So again, Joey... I hope you're writing this down. If you're interested in the trivia challenge, you think you have the know-how to get in here, win some bragging rights. It's August 22nd at First United Methodist Church in Pineville. Or maybe you have friends up that way. You want to send them out to help Lopa out. But info at lopa.org, info at lopa.org, and we'll get you the information that you need to help us. It is time now for technology segment here in the Gifted Life podcast. And I kind of just wanted to talk about our team of experts, our information technology team, because they do so much. Number one, they help us with our data. For example, at LSU, we do a class every semester about donation, and they're always wanting to know how many folks are registered donors from this zip code or that. They have to pull that data, and they keep that together. But there's so much more that they do. You just came back from a conference not too long ago. Yes, I was um, was in in Phoenix. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, Association of Oregon Procurement Organizations Mm -hmm. are are what we call AOPO, and we have an annual meeting in the summer. We have the best IT department in the country, in my mind, and AOPO also agrees. (laughs) 
So, so that's those are people from n- not only so across the is, state, but these, this is a national organization yeah. of all the organ recovery agencies in the country, and who they call on every single conference to do all their important duties to make sure all their technology, everything, all their the microphones are working, all the the headphones are working, all the screens for uh, presentations. They call on our IT guys. We are lucky, and they do that for us as well for our annual uh, meetings and things that go on as well. And I just laughed when I, when I think about what I must sound like to them, because I go to them with you know all of our technology questions, and I had this idea for a um, a logo or design for our race that's coming up, the Rabelais Run for Life on October third, and so I stuck this picture on this design that LSU students helped us with. And I said, well, we can't use this picture, so I'm going to need you to draw it, and I'm going to need you to do these hands, and then it's going to need to be red, but I just need, like, two colors because I don't need three colors, and if we do this and we put this on a shirt, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and this is what I got. Yes, and I'll be back with I you. Got and it. it looks great, and we <laughs> use it across it. the way. But um, you know, some of the people that team with us, they know um, that we have this talent on our team as well. So, um, so they ask for that assistance, and we provide it for races in the Lafayette area as well. When we have our donor family picnics, we have them um, providing music and, and different types of things. It's just a, a multitude of talents that they provide. They do to keep this going. And most importantly of all, they get it. You know, they understand what the depths of our job and how important our job is in saving lives. And they do everything in their power to make sure that we're doing it as proficiently and efficiently as, as we can. So all, all I ever get from, from the guys from our IT department, look, send me a help desk ticket and it's done. Done. Bam. You know, whether it's designing, like you mentioned, you, I'll, I'll put a, together like an idea in my head and say, hey. I'm sure you know, they, they love hearing Max. that. I have something in my, in my head, head and look, it looks fabulous. It does. <laughs> And they bring it to life. Even better than I could have even thought of myself. I'm like, yep, that's exactly what I was thinking that's about. That's my so. idea right there. Yes, <laughs> even I know. it really wasn't. <laughs> you know, we're non-technology people talking to technology people. And then um, they don't make you feel bad about no. your lack of knowledge no, in the technology don't. arena, right? Because <laughs> I can barely press buttons on my iPhone. <laughs> I tell you, so so I guess what we're trying to say here, the bottom line is um, we love them and we appreciate their talents. And we always talk about um, different people from different walks of life who do different things well. And we all come together for this one mission, and that's making life happen. And so um, we all throw our talents into the ring and look what comes about. So we appreciate them. And I'm glad that you go to them with the same things (laughs) that I go to. It makes me feel better about myself. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. (laughs) And then they'll be answering the questions or anything that you have at info at lopa.org. So let's bombard them. (laughs) But we appreciate them. Thank you, IT. It is time to talk about a hero, somebody from here in this great state of Louisiana who has helped save lives. We heard a little bit from this little nugget's mom, Larrabee Thompson, who works here at Lopa, who's just an all-around great person. We just love her, right? I mean, you can't help but smile around her. Absolutely. Like (laughs) I said earlier, she is an inspiration on a daily basis. She is so great. And she told us a little bit about her boy, Garrett, who was six. Um, They call him G. But to hear her tell his story is, is just, you know, something else. She describes him as bright as the sun. He was a charmer. 
He loved cars. They could be tricked out, you know. He just loved his cars, which I love. He was an athlete. And one day back in 2007, he fell. He was injured while at vacation Bible school. They thought it was okay until that trip to the ER. And she says she had to learn quickly about organ donation. And she said she wanted that boy to be a hero. And we're still talking about him today. And again, that was back in 2007. And that is one mama who works very hard to keep his memory alive say four children, so he is indeed a hero. And one of the things that she has going now is a trivia challenge, something that her and her husband enjoy, but a way to honor Garrett and a way to help Lopa spread the word when it comes to donation. So Larrabee is an inspiration to all of us here at Lopa. We're still sharing Garrett's story, and we appreciate her sharing him with us and with others because that is what she does. You can read more about Garrett. You can see his sweet little face on our website, lopa.org. If you click on Faces of Donation, you can read not only about Garrett Thompson, uh, but our other heroes as well. But at this point in our Gifted Life podcast, we do want to pause and we do want to say thank you to Garrett Thompson for the gift of life. Those questions rolling in at info at lopa.org. Um, so if you want us to tackle a topic or talk about something in particular, um, shoot us an email, info at lopa.org. Our great IT staff will make sure they get to us, so mm-hmm. we appreciate them. But today, Joey, we want to talk about donor families and recipients meeting. Is it normal for donor families and recipients to meet? Well, in our world today, yes. Yes, and LOPA has been kind of at the forefront in facilitating these meetings. Way back before my day, you know, it was a little more difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a little more resistance because, you know, the, especially the organ recovery agencies were kind of fearful of that meeting, what that meeting would look like, and they didn't want to intrude. But then we realized sometime back that it's not really our decision. We leave it up to the families, the donor families, mm-hmm. and the recipients. And if it's something that they both want to do, then certainly it's something that we should help to facilitate. And we have a fantastic family services department who really help these donor families through the process. So we just had a donor family contact us, and they said, I think we're ready to write to the recipients, but we have no idea what to say, where to start, what do you put in that letter? Well, then that's when I pick up the phone and we call Libby or Sally and we ask for advice. They will you know, help them. They will sit with them. But really, it's just from the heart, what do you want them to know? And then from the recipient side, I'm ready to write to my donor, but how do I say thank you? That's hard for them. So Sally and Libby can help with that as well. What I get is the after effect. They've met. They're comfortable and now they formed a family. Right. So when we have these events across the state, you'll have the donor family and you'll have the recipients together. And it's just an incredible whirlwind. But as you said, the donor families and the recipients, everybody has to agree that we are ready for this. We are right. ready to move forward. Um, everybody is comfortable with it. And of course, we offer those resources here at LOPA to help facilitate all of that and to make sure that it's just a positive experience for all. It is a very emotional mm-hmm. experience. I, I've been part of a few now. Mm-hmm. And and of course, being on the front lines, it's it's always an emotional time for everyone involved. But even if you're not staff. connected but, to yeah, that family, right? It, it, even even if you're not, these these meetings, 
about a year ago, I was part of one, and it was one in which the donor family met the heart recipient. And uh, and I was asked because I, I have a stethoscope, so they borrowed my stethoscope mm. to to uh, be able to listen. And the first moment that she was able to hear her son's heartbeat wow. in the recipient was one, it sent chills down my spine, mm. and I don't think there was a dry eye in the entire place. It was a it was just an emotional, beautiful experience. For everyone involved. It's something that does not leave you. It stays with you, and it makes you work harder for those right. families. And um, if you want to check out Lopa.org, we have a family services tab. So if you're a donor family out there thinking you may want to write to the recipients, I was at a church, and there was a donor mom, and her um, son became a hero over 12 years ago, and she said, I kept meaning to do it, but now I'm worried that it's too Late. Well, we put her in touch with our family services division so that she could get all the details, the information that she needed for her hero. So if you go to lopa.org, family services tab, writing to a donor family, writing to recipient, we have all those resources online, plus just those wonderful um, women who care for these families like it's their own, to help make things happen. So check that out, lopa.org. And yes, donor families and recipients. They do meet. Well, Joe, we have come to the end of yet another podcast. One more conquered. There you go. Episode eight. We appreciate everyone's help in putting this together. Kirsten, Troy, Shalon, and all the people from Lopa who help us put this together, hopefully as a tool for you to use when spreading awareness about donation. But we appreciate those who joined us today on the podcast. Yeah, we, we definitely want to give thanks to Chrissy Hagen, the CAO, who came and spread the good news about all the awards and, and of Whoop. course, getting ready for, for those big trophy cases for the, our next building. Yes, indeed. And then uh, Larry Thompson, who's sharing, uh, not only able to share Garrett's story, you know, but helping with the Sin Law Trivia Challenge and doing her part, helping promote awareness in central Louisiana, Alexandria area, and really spreading that education for donation. And August 26th, the Trivia Challenge at First United Methodist Church in Pineville. You want to take part, you know, somebody in that part of the state who may want to get in on that. It's info at lopa.org. And any questions, comments, something you want us to tackle, something you want us to go into more detail about, we want to hear from you, info at lopa.org. And, of course, our one-stop shop for information about donation in Louisiana, lopa.org. Thank you all for listening. If you shared this podcast, if you helped spread awareness in some way, shape, or form by retweeting us or sharing a Facebook page, post, or something like that, we just want to say thank you because you are making a difference. Like we said, it only takes one person, and we appreciate that one person being you. Have a great one. We'll talk to you next time here on The Gifted Life.